the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferrets Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with Your Personal Bank. Now here's Ferrets Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. I'm not going to spend much time talking about how Your Personal Bank works today because I have so many things to cover. All I'm going to recommend doing is uh, if you're interested in uh, learning how to maximize returns, reduce market risk, and by the way, after what I share today, you're probably, you likely will be more interested in that, um, how to diversify your money you know, safely, create a tax-free bucket of money, create positive arbitrage, which means your money works for you, grows even when you spend it, so it goes farther. I'm just going to encourage you to contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, it's 866-268-4422. I wanted to get that out of the way because, again, I've got so much to cover, so let's go. First of all, this past week, CPI, PPI, and retail sales numbers were all bad. In other words, they were all higher than expected, which means inflation is worse than expected. The economy is worse than expected, which this also means that the Federal Reserve is more likely to increase interest rates higher and keep them higher longer. This is according to the Fed, not me. Um, in fact, there's now discussion of a half a point increase at the next Fed meeting in March. Terminal interest rates, that means the upper limit of what the people, what most people believe are the uh, what the Fed's going to end up stopping at, if you will, is now up around six percent. Now, if the Federal Reserve goes up to six percent, then that means your um, uh, how should I say the prime rate will be around nine percent. Prime rate is typically about three percent higher, roughly, than the Fed rate. That's the rate that banks loan money to each other. The prime rate is typically considered the lowest rate that an individual can borrow money with great credit. So, in other words, if the Fed goes to a 6% rate, then prime rate would be around 9 which means a 30-year fixed mortgage and things like that with good credit would be somewhere around 9 Now, folks, I'm going to say as bad as all of that sounds, I, personally, I don't believe that's the upper limit of where things may go. I would not be surprised at all. I discussed this over a year ago, in fact. In fact, one of the uh, previous shows where I was interviewing John Burley, who's uh, one of the real estate experts, one of the most uh, successful and knowledgeable real estate person I know, we'll put it that way, uh, he even stated this roughly six months ago, that he would not be surprised at all to see 10% mortgages again. And I, I have to say, I've been saying this the same thing. In other words, if you've been looking at the markets, particularly in the beginning of uh, uh, 2023, they've gone they they they've been going up like crazy, mostly because people believe that we're going to go into a soft landing. Things aren't going to be that bad. Interest rates aren't going to be that high. 
And folks, the thing I want to say, and this is just macroeconomic stuff, this is public record. What I would say is to anyone who thinks those things is you're not listening to what the Federal Reserve is saying, what they're trying to tell us. You're not looking at the facts. You're not looking at the numbers. And look, I, I sincerely hope that things won't go that, you know, that high, interest rates and things like that, because we will certainly, most certainly be in a recession by that point, if we're not already, frankly. But my point is you're just not paying attention to what's going on. And, you know, I'm not the one to, trying to be the bearer of bad news. I'm just trying to share the facts and I can get away from the hype and the noise, if you know what I mean. Okay? Let me put it to you this way. If you're one that still believes that things aren't going to be too bad and we're going to have a soft landing, I will give you this. Certainly that's possible. But the likelihood of that is decreasing rapidly. And you have to... You have to admit, if you're a rational, honest-thinking person, individual, you have to admit that the um, possibility of a tougher recession, a tougher market, higher interest rates, and all the things that go with that are certainly possible. And frankly, in my opinion, well, that's not just my opinion. The facts are showing us it's more and more probable so as we move forward, when we see these bad CPI numbers and PPI numbers and retail sales numbers and all these kinds of things, the inverted yield curve, okay, the bond yield curve, those are things that have almost invariably, going back decades and decades, pointed to recessions. And the numbers, again, are not just pointing to a mild recession, but something more significant, something more serious. So my my recommendation. I get asked by this people all the time. Where would you, what do you recommend? Well, gosh, at least have a portion of your money uh, where it's protected, where it's safe, some guarantees, reduce market risk, reduce taxes. Like I said, and your personal bank can do that. Again, you can contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. But you have to admit that the probability is there. The likelihood of these, these things happening is there, and to blithely go along and just think that, oh, things are just going to get better, you know, is is uh, increasingly not the case, okay? Like I said, I'm not here to scare anyone. I'm here to give you, well, give you the facts, give you the numbers. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So I think I, I've made my point there. I'm going to move on because I've got so many other things going on, and here's some other big-picture items going forward that are definitely points of issue that are not just going to affect us over the next year, but much longer than that. The first of those is with this increasing, this hike in interest rates, the interest payment on government debt currently is a, has gone from about a little under $600 billion per year, where it was a couple of years ago. It's now over eight hundred and fifty billion per year. And likely very soon, based on what the Federal Reserve is telling us, we'll be rising up to about a trillion dollars a year just to pay interest on the debt. Now, folks, I know these are unimaginable numbers. I understand that. But what what I, to put this in perspective, if you're carrying a lot of debt, we all know this. We all understand this from a personal finance situation. You know, we run a household, we have a budget, we have to live within our means. Um, 
you know, we run a business. We, 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 we don't have an option, do we? We have to live within our means. We have to be fiscally responsible. Um, we can get outside of that for a while. We can borrow for a while. But eventually, eventually that catches up to you, right? And the thing, the point is real simple. You have so much income, X amount of income. And if you start carrying a lot of debt, a higher and higher percentage of that income is just goes to just paying those interest payments. It's like if you had some credit card bills, let's say, or a mortgage payment or a car payment or something like that, and they they jacked the they doubled the interest rate payments on you all of a sudden. And in this past year, that's that is what is happening or has happened, and it likely could go higher. So suddenly you have some debt that was manageable, let's say. And I was taking a certain amount of your income just to pay the debt, pay the interest on the debt, I should say. And now that interest is doubled and maybe even tripled. Obviously, that's going to put more of a challenge into your economic situation. And this is the type of thing. This is exactly what the federal government is facing. Now, the government has the dubious advantage of being able to print more money, issue more bonds is what they do to raise more, spend more, and all that. But that's all dependent, folks, on people being willing to purchase those bonds. And as that continues, as the bond, the printing press continues, the selling of the bonds continues, there's already been some signs of typical buyers of bonds. These are sovereign you know, funds. These are, these are uh, governments and huge, huge hedge funds and, and, and huge institutional buyers. There's been more and more reluctance in points in time of them willingness, their willingness to purchase those bonds because the value of them becomes less and less as, as there's more and more of them. Supply and demand, right? Basic supply and demand. There's going to be a tipping point. I don't know where that is, but we're certainly much closer to it now than we were, say, a year ago or two years ago. These are all things that, whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit to the fact or not, we as an American people are going to have to bite the bullet and, and start living some financial responsibility. Our politicians, our leaders are going to have to address this. And I stated this in last week's show, and in several before, I'm sorely disappointed that both political parties have sworn off on this debt ceiling uh, discussions but they both have sworn off Social Security and Medicare. Look, I understand they're hot-button issues. And I understand people have put a lot of money into those. And by the way, if you really want to understand, you didn't put all the money into Social Security. You're, you're, uh, if, you ha- if you were the employee, your employer matched the funds. So you actually, a lot of people think they put it all in. No, the, the employee, I'm sorry, the employer matched your funds. So only... Half the money you put in, your employer put in the other half. So that's something to think about right there. But my point is, if you want more on that, I went into a deep dive on that in last week's show. In fact, you can listen to it if you want to go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can click on listen to previously recorded shows. The title is on there where I discuss Social Security and Medicare and what needs to be done. The bottom line is, I'm not going to go into a big depth of it like I did last week, but the bottom line is, there, we, there's only a few years left. They're talking about like 2035. The Social Security trustees and Medicare trustees are telling us, this is public record, you can look it up, are telling us 
they are going to run out of excess funds to pay current levels of benefits. If nothing is fixed, if nothing is changed, at that point, they're going to then be able to pay out about 75% of the benefit that you are receiving right now or are eligible to receive in the future. What should we do? One, do you, one question I would ask you is, do you trust our current politicians, our, our current crop of politicians, to actually fix anything for real? If you do not, and even if you do, I still would recommend having a plan B, have an option so that you can make up, if you need that income, have the ability to make up the difference, about 25% of the income you're receiving from Social Security currently or will be eligible to receive because it may not be there, folks. And those are the hard mathematical facts. No BS, no political stuff. That's the math. You can't argue with math, okay? So if you are concerned about that, the sooner you address it, the easier it is to fix. Your personal bank can help you fix that with some guaranteed incomes. We can also look at annuities and other options if those if you're so inclined. And we'll talk about what makes the most sense for you. Contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Stay tuned in the next segment. You don't want to miss this one. I got a lot of great stuff to share. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. If you missed the first segment, I'm going to really encourage you to go, you, encourage you to, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can click on this or any of the previously recorded shows. I shared some phenomenal information that I'm just going to recap really quick, but go back to there. Again, it's yourpersonalbank.com. Check it out. Look, folks, CPI, PPI, and retail sales were all bad. Inflation, all those numbers came in higher than expected. Inflation is still running hotter than expected. Federal Reserve is now discussing the possibility of doing higher rate cuts or higher rate increases, I'm sorry, and keeping those interest rates higher for longer. That is bad for the economy. That is bad for the market. That is bad for real estate. It's bad for a lot of things, okay? On the longer-term picture, the current debt, the interest on the government debt is running about $850 billion per year, which is a significant increase, about 20 25% more than it was just a year or two ago. It's expected to increase to about a trillion dollars per year just paying the interest on the debt. Folks, that is going to be a long-term drag on the economy. We unlikely, we'll put it this way, it's less likely to see growth like we've seen, say, for the last decade in markets like the stock market or real estate markets, okay? Partially because of the amount of interest that's going to be have to be paid, especially with a higher interest rate environment. That's certainly going to be a drag for most likely the next several years at the very least until interest rates can go back down to a lower level, all right? That is something to be concerned about. But to make matters worse, we have a federal government that just not only insists on continuing to spend more money, even when they have the right to collect, they refuse to do so on those that probably are most likely able to pay back 
and they're going then they go after those that are probably least likely to pay. And here's what I mean by this. First of all, the Small Business Administration has now decided they're not even going to try to collect on the PPP loans that were supposed to be paid back. And they're quote the reason they're saying behind this is because of equity. Folks, the reality is, let's be honest, it's nothing more than throwing money at people so that they'll vote for them. It's a bribe. Like the student loan forgiveness idea was a bribe and many other things out there. But, you know, people took these loans out to to save their business because of the government shutdowns. I get all that. I don't fault anyone for doing that. I chose not to, although my business was eligible because I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to be. I didn't, I didn't want any strings attached with the, attached with the government. It's not uh, it's not some, a position I wanted to be in, and it was just a matter of principle. Now, from a financial standpoint, clearly it appears it was probably the wrong decision. But it's still, I just didn't feel right about it. And to me, that was more important. And I hope anyone who's listening would understand and respect my decision. Just like I don't fault a business owner for taking those monies because they are, uh, because, well, they were in a position they needed to to keep their business going. I was fortunate I was able, able to figure it out without it, without the government's assistance. Something I'm proud of, to be fair. But anyway, now they're saying they'll not seek to collect on loans that should have been paid back as long as the amount is 100000 or less. So another, and of course, a vast majority of the 12 million loans given out were under $100,000. So the bottom line is they're basically, they're ending collections on the loans valued 100000 or less. And <laughs> so people, it's just free money. Now, obviously, their hope is what's the real reason behind it? It's, again, it's a bribe. It's they're hoping, well, we gave you some money, and hopefully you'll vote for us. And this cavalier attitude, the problem it does is it just encourages fraud. It encourages, like I said, a buy-vote scheme. And it creates a higher deficit, higher debt, higher interest payments, which we'll end up all paying for in reduced economic growth. And that's really the sad part of it. Um, the Government Accountability Office, in a, in a comprehensive searing report, said that large portions are the, of the $4 trillion coronavirus stimulus program was marred by federal agencies' indifference to fraud. They're including a minimum of $60, $60 billion in fraudulent unemployment insurance claims. And they're not just not doing anything about it. It's really, really frustrating and ridiculous. At the same time, you have the IRS coming after waiters and waitresses on their tips, forcing them to report, you know, creating systems, forcing them to improve, improve as they put it, tip reporting compliance and causing an auditing of servers to cause them to have to pay more income taxes. Now, I don't know about you folks, but... I, I was in high school. I was a waiter. All right, and many of us have had that type of job at some point in our lives. Usually, in most cases, when we were younger. But these are not the type of jobs that uh, are typically high-paying. Folks do not make a lot of money, uh, you know, working as a waiter or waitress. So, if somebody got a hundred thousand dollars or just shy of that for a business. And understandably, for valid reasons in many cases, 
they're now not going to have to pay that back, even though many of those businesses made adjustments. And I, I know because I work with them, many of their clients of mine are actually more profitable today than they were two, three years ago. They were forced to make changes. I get that part. It was stressful. I understand that. I went through that myself. But they're not going to have to pay back up to a hundred grand. Yet a waiter or waitress who makes, you know, whatever it is, you know, they don't make a lot of money. They're going to have to pay more in taxes. I mean, you talk about just ridiculous. I'm sorry. And the thing is, the dirty little secret about the PPP loans with many of these businesses, they were they were given to the businesses to help. cover payroll because businesses got shut down through the COVID shutdowns. Remember, it wasn't COVID. It was the government using COVID as an excuse to shut down the economy. The dirty little secret is those businesses that did survive, they were going to keep those employees anyway. The government made the payroll for a year or so for them. So that means the business owner got an extra hundred grand in their pocket is what it boils down to. Now, I understand many businesses went under and If you've listened to this show for any period of time, I've been a hardcore. That was what fired me up about all this. I I still don't feel like the government has any right to shut down a business. But my point is, it just just blows my mind that they're going to allow, you know, those people to get away with it and not have to pay it back, and yet a waiter or waitress is going to have to pay more in taxes. It just, you know what, it's not right. I'm sorry, it's just not right, is it? So, again... I'm going to say this. Contact me if you want to uh, learn how to navigate this <laughs> this crazy economic s- situation we're dealing with. It seems like it's only going to get crazier and get worse before it gets better. You want to navigate it, reduce market risk, reduce your taxes, increase your rate of re- your returns on your money, mo- have more liquidity, get more, uh, get some positive arbitrage on your money, and there's earn some interest on your money even after you spend it. Okay, for the rest of your life, not just now, but the rest of your life, you know, you need to contact me at toll free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, it's 866-268-4422. And yes, if you call, you're going to get a hold of me. So at least that, at least for now. So stay tuned in this next segment. Like I said, I've got some more information, strong value that I think you'll find very beneficial. So I'm going to strongly encourage you not to miss it. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. So not only are we dealing with crazy economic numbers, bad CPI, PPI, all these uh, retail sales numbers, Inflation's running higher than expected. Federal Reserve's probably uh, likely now even more so to keep in, raise interest rates even higher, more than expected, and keep them there longer. We have the government not willing to pay, you know, even collect on PPP loans, even though folks were supposed to pay them back if they were under hundred thousand dollars, which creates the increases the amount of interest on the debt. The government debt is now over $800 billion a year and rising fast, especially the higher interest rates. It will be, based on what's going on, we're soon going to be paying a trillion, over a trillion dollars a year in interest in the debt only. That will be a drag on the economy going forward. It, just, there's just no two ways about it. It's math, folks. 
The other thing that's going on, just to add to the craziness, is this article I was reading in Wall Street Journal. This is one puzzling job market. One of the things that's been going on, and a lot of people have been uh, pointing to, is the low uh, is the low unemployment rate. Well, on the surface, that's what it looks like. But as you dig into it deeper, you realize very quickly that many of the jobs that are being kept and where the shortage of jobs are are more in the lower-paying service-type jobs. In other words, businesses are having a hard time keeping you know, servers and restaurants and various things like that. Many, and it's, be, it's become very common, uh, many of the higher-paying jobs, your tech jobs and things like that, um, all the companies are cutting back. I mean, even Apple announced recently that they're cut, cutting back employees. Okay, so many of these jobs, again, are they're shaving higher paying jobs yet the lower lower end of the spectrum. Those are staying in place and there's shortages there of workers because of the amount of monies that have been put into the system. For one, uh, the benefits that have been offered by the government too, and then thirdly, there are just a certain number of folks who were working prior to the covid shutdowns and just have not returned to the workforce, decided to retire early or whatever uh, because they were able to or whatever, and they're just not in the in the system. So there's a, there's a lower percentage of Americans working today than there were three years ago. We're actually one of the lowest rates of workers who are actively either working or looking for a job than previously. So it skews the numbers, and it makes the numbers look historically low, but again, when you dig under the hood a little bit, it's not nearly as rosy as it as the uh, as the legacy media tries to make it out. If you know, in our current politicians, you just have to be aware of that. I guess what one of the things that I I always like to point out is most of the time things just aren't what they appear to be on the surface. In other words, if a politician or the media, especially these days, the mainstream media, tries to tell you something and it doesn't feel right or sound right, you just have to dig a little, and it doesn't take much, folks. It just doesn't take much effort, and you quickly find out it's not exactly what they're saying. And the job market is is, is an example, great example of that. Inflation is another one. You know, they're talking about, you know, inflation around 6.5%, give or take, and those are still, it's lower than the peaks of 7 8% or 9 even, which is lower than before, but 6 is still three times higher than the Fed Federal Reserve wants the 2% rate. It's still horribly high. But they're also taking out a lot of the main things people spend money on, like food and fuel, okay? Or they're discounting those costs. And, of course, the costs for things like food in particular are the ones that have been stubbornly high and some of the highest inflation areas. And the problem is it's really, really difficult to get around not buying food, you know? We kind of need... We need water and food and shelter, right? Those are things we need. And those are some of the co- where the costs and inflation have been the highest for the average American. So, again, even when you're looking at the numbers that are still historically high, but not as high as the peaks, it's not as good as it looks on the surface. Once you, like I said, look under the hood a little bit and you start to realize the areas where it really matters for the typical American, the numbers are horrendously bad. Okay, it's really, really bad. Now, there's another thing that's going on, and I hate to be a bearer of bad news, and actually I can't get started on this one 
because we're going to be coming up on a hard break. So I'm going to talk about the uh, the digital dollar uh, in the next segment. And there's a real effort, and this is among both political parties, to try to put into effect a digital dollar. And I'm going to share with you some of the reasons why I think, and many others, think that this is a historically and, and dramatically bad idea for a lot of reasons. But I'll share that in the next segment. Um, if you want to contact me to um, navigate this economic uh, craziness within, I don't even know what else to call it, um, reduce your market risk and diversify and create a tax-free bucket, uh, create positive arbitrage, increase your rate of return, I'm going to encourage you to contact me at yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And I promised in the last segment that I was going to discuss some things regarding the digital dollar. Before I get into that, I just want to take a sec and share. I'll take 30 seconds or less and just say, look, if you want to contact me and learn about your personal bank, today's show, I just don't have time to talk about that because I've got so many other things to discuss here. So many things are happening on a macroeconomic standpoint and how they affect our money. But what I do want to just stress to you is we're going through, we're, 2023 is looking pretty hairy. And I believe it's going to get worse before it gets better for a lot of reasons I've shared today in previous shows. I'm going to encourage you to diversify your money, reduce your market risk, reduce your tax liability, increase your, li- your uh, liquidity in case you need it for whatever reason. Okay, create positive arbitrage, all those types of things. Your personal bank can do that. So contact me at 866-268-4422 or go to yourpersonalbank.com. I've got this. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows. There's like three years of shows on the website. The titles on each of them share with you how your personal bank works, how it could dramatically enhance your financial future. And I believe it's going to be one of the strongest asset uh, investments if you decide to do this this next year, in fact, several years going forward for the reasons I've been sharing in the show and others. Now, the digital dollar. Let's talk about that a little bit. So the, it's no secret the Federal Reserve the, and the government has been wanting to put in a, a, a digital, what they call a digital dollar, into place. Um, there's a lot of problems with this, creating a digital currency. The thing is, one of the biggest problems is the that the... Federal Reserve, and then by default, the federal government would have access to every transaction you ever did. Now, if you understand anything about our freedoms and the limitations on freedoms and the attacks on freedoms and freedom of speech and all those kinds of things that we have seen in the last couple of years, you can immediately understand why having the government having the ability to track every single transaction you ever make is fraught with problems. They could, they could quite easily, much like China does, create what they call a social credit system. In other words, those that, say, spend or purchase on items that whatever regime is in charge, politically speaking, 
that they agree with. This could go both ways, by the way, folks. This is what you need to understand. I don't care where you stand on the political spectrum. You need to understand at some point that this it swings one way and the other. This could affect you negatively both directions. So this is something universally we should be against. But they could curtail your ability to, say, purchase items, own a home, own a vehicle, travel, any of those things like they do now currently in China. Those kinds of things could be curtailed. They've the one of the recent things we talked about on this, you know, credit card companies, for example, Visa and MasterCard track have a special, how should I say, a special category when you if someone purchases, say, firearms or ammunition, things like that. Now, what are they going to use that list for in the future? You know, God only knows. And I can't see where many of those reasons, well, one, it's just none of their business. But two, the reasons why they would want to collect that kind of list is quite obvious. Those would help the government identify who owned firearms, and that could be used against those per, those people, okay, at some point in the future. It would, it would reduce, they're, they're saying it would enhance liberty, and the fact is it would do exactly the opposite. It would limit our ability to control the money, or control our lives and how we spend our money. Let me give you another example. Let's say we were all on a digital dollar scenario. This is something a lot of people haven't thought about. But let's say the economy slows down and the political party in power decides they want to juice the economy or, you know, get the economy going again. Well, two-thirds of our economy is consumer spending. They could do something like say to you, 10% of your money you have in the bank or investments or anywhere, you have to spend it on these approved items. They could have an approved list, for example, and you have to spend that in, say, the next 90 days or six months or whatever they happen to decide, or that money loses value or disappears. This is the level of control a government could have on spending, forcing the spending habits of individual consumers. Now, I'm not saying that is going to happen, but the risk of those types of things is certainly there and should cause anyone, I mean anyone, again, I don't care where your political uh, beliefs stand or where you stand on that, it should cause some pause, okay? These are things that we just have to, again, dig under the hood, open the hood a little, dig under, you know, look under, you know, op- you know, don't let's look at the cover, open the book and look inside, right? And think about what this could do and how this could impact, how this could impact our lives. Now, I'm going to share a couple other things that are frustrating, and then I've got some really good news. So hang in there with me. Two other things. One of them, I always say, if you want to understand why something is the way it is, the best way to figure that out is just follow the money. One of the questions that's been asked by many people for a while is, why are we so focused on helping Ukraine It's like having as long as it takes. It's like giving them a blank check. Well, there's a lot of reasons behind it going against Putin. Again, I'm not not in favor of Putin invading Ukraine, but I'm also not in favor of us giving Ukraine a blank check to defend themselves because for a lot of reasons, but one of them, it's been known, well known, as one of the most corrupt countries in the world for quite some time. Zelensky is not any, no kind of hero. He's a corrupt politician, maybe even more corrupt than many of them we have. 
Okay, there's been money laundering that's gone on through there, all kinds of things that have happened. So many of our current leadership wants to protect that that cash cow, that money machine that Ukraine has provided FTX with Sam Bankman Free. There's this is this is nothing. This is not secret. This is public information that's out there. Money money laundering in, into Ukraine using FTX, you know, and bringing it back and going into in a Democrat. You know, the, uh, Sam Bankman Fried was the uh, number two donator uh, to Democrat campaigns this last election cycle, only behind George Soros. That's all public record. It's a phenomenal money laundering machine for a lot of the Democrat Party, a lot of the Democrats who ran, and some of the Republicans too. That's why they call it the Uniparty. Okay, so that's one of the big reasons why we're so involved. Okay. That's the real reason behind it. Follow the money. I always say, follow the money, right? Well, here's another reason. J.P. Morgan now has announced that they will help rebuild Ukraine with a fund as large as $30 billion to rebuild the war-torn country. Folks, here's the bottom line. Eisenhower stated it. when the, One of the last things he stated when he left office, President Eisenhower, is he said, beware of the military-industrial complex. He was right. George Washington, one of the last things in his farewell address, he said, beware of foreign entanglements. Both of those great presidents were right. In other words, there's a lot of money for these um, contractors to build, you know, military uh, equipment and, and uh, ammunition and those kinds of things for a war. They were quite frustrated because the Afghanistan war, which had gone on for 20 years, had pretty much wound down to almost nothing. And then when Biden pulled them out, our troops out, very poorly, I might add. But when he pulled us out, we were no longer at war. How were they going to make money in creating ammunition and military equipment? Well, this, this, this war in Ukraine has been a huge boom for them. And now the financiers come into play, and they get to get involved in managing, quote-unquote, 20 to $30 billion of funds that have been received from who? Us, the taxpayers, and money that we've, our country has printed because we really didn't have it. We're giving, that's what's so ironic. We're, we're borrowing money that we don't have to give to Ukraine to help them rebuild, and the J.P. Morgan and those get to charge fees on that, which they make a ton of money as a result. And you wonder why we're involved in wars. It's that simple. It's the, it's the defense contractors and it's the financiers, okay? And, of course, the politicians got their, they get their campaign contributions and get their money and benefits as a result by making these things happen. I don't know how to stop it, but I can tell you that's what's going it's, it's clear as day that's exactly what's going on, and it's frustrating. Let me give you another one. The U.S. blew $872,000 to build and dismantled a useless fence around the Capitol for Biden's State of the Union address. Spent nearly a million dollars on a fence that even the U.S. Capitol Police stated themselves there were no threats and there was really no reason to put it up. I mean, again, it's, you're talking about just waste, waste of money, and it's just absolutely frustrating. Now, I've got a few minutes left, and I want to share. I've shared a lot of frustrating things, a lot of challenging things coming, coming down the, that are happening 
and I believe are coming down the pike economically especially. But let me share you some positive. Let me share a little bit of hope. One of the things I noticed watching the State of the Union address a couple of weeks ago is a statement that I make oftentimes at the end of my show, and that is, and I say this, it's still on our money, so in God we trust. And if you look at any dollar bill or coin, you can find on 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 our money that statement. Well, I also noticed it was interesting that at the State of the Union address, address, right behind the podium, in big, bold block letters, chiseled in marble, was the statement, in God we trust. It was there throughout the entire televised address. In other words, again, very, very prominent. Never mentioned, of course, but it's prominent and it's still there. And I believe that's where our true hope of the future of this country lies, is this this country was built and founded on that, and it's de- on, and it's definitely been a situation where it's been taken out of the public square, out of our schools, and all of those things. There's no question. Well, I don't talk about faith a lot. I am a Christian, have been for decades. I've been in music ministry. I've done many things along that line. That along that line, I am a believer. I don't shove it down people's throats, but at the same time, they know where that I stand. And my hope is that through my actions, um, this is something I'll just share in my personal story is many years ago, there was a uh, a young minister who was speaking, and it really struck me in a statement he made. I've tried to live my life by this, and it is witness at all times, use words when necessary. Well, unfortunately, at this moment, I have to use a few words because this is radio. But if you haven't looked up the Asbury University revival, I encourage you to do that. It's all over social media. It's in Asbury. It's in uh, Kentucky, and it's a Christian college where there is a church service, a normal, regular church service that just hasn't ended, and it's at this point still continuing. It's now attracted attention from people all throughout the entire world. But what's interesting about this to me is it's not led by any leaders. It's student-led. It's young people who are starving for spiritual truth, which has been taken away from them in this world. And that's where I see a sign of hope, where I believe the future of this country could be turned around and it may just come from the young people. I believe that's awesome. I'm going to encourage you to contact me if you want help on navigating this chaos, this economic chaos and challenging times. Call me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, it's 866-268-4422. And like I said earlier, it's still on our money, so in God we trust. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and writers may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.